I've been told by everybody up on this roof that they're all off the roof. I am on the roof of Exposure 4. Got fire through the roof of the fire building in the entire rear section. for another episode of Old School. I'm Chief Rick Lasky, along with my buddy, Chief John Salka, and uh, we're glad you could join us again. Um, you know, we, we here we are. Um, we're, we're in New York. We're, is it now? So it's not in, it's on Long Island, right? We're on Long Island? On Long Island. We're in, on Long Island, all right? We're in, we're in, we're in Sayville, New York. Suffolk County. Suffolk County. With, with again, I'm I'm still learning where I'm at every words because I've heard, I've over the years everybody every time I've been here or whatever I get all the counties I get all the it's like and just to be accurate we're we're off exit fifty nine <laughs> <laughs> can we talk exits <laughs> well and you know, the LIE and, and you know you and I we we talk about all, all these different departments all the time and you know once in a while there's so many great departments out in Long Island but. They tend to run together because there are so many, you know. If if I remember correctly, it, it's around 70, maybe 72 and 75 for each of the counties, Nassau and Suffolk. They're both pretty, they're both pretty well developed as far as uh, communities with organized fire departments. So you're looking at almost 150, almost 150 fire departments oh. just on Long Island. And 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 great firehouses, great first of all, it, it's just fun. I mean, today, John, we had um got a room full of volunteers. A lot of off-duty FDNY guys, some other guys, off-duty police officers, absolutely, um, and just just some some great people. The chief here is awesome. The chief, what an awesome guy! Great guy, um, very and, good hosts. Oh, and Craig, and and then you know Don, you know Don Hodgkins. Hodg, I always say this wrong. Hodgkinson, Hodgkinson. Good God, I'm sorry, Donnie. Um, retired FDNY guy, right? So right. it was fun last night for for our, for our listeners to. To sit at dinner and hear John and Don talking about the uh, four twenty five engine and seven ninety five truck and whatever the hell numbers are there, and they, it's like they re, it, it's like listening to people in Texas talk about high school basketball, high school sports. They know the names of every single firefighter, where they worked, how they were, but but it was fun. We 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 were enjoying. We did it. have a great a great uh, visit over, over dinner last night. And how about this place? Beautiful firehouse, beautiful classroom. Beautiful community, beautiful oh, community, really nice, and 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 you know, and you can tell they have their act together. Like I said, good bosses, and the guys and gals in the room were the same way. But this is like being on a cruise ship. I mean, they had like a breakfast. There I'm, must have been twenty hot plates. Oh, right. Oh, and then lunch, and then it's just been a great visit. Great you know, hospitality. So company officer academy here, and we did our version for the volunteer. We have our the two day volley version. Yeah, absolutely. And which the room the room was exclusively volunteers. Some guys two hatters, some guys that that are paid also or retired paid guys. But uh, and it was great talking, you know, it was great talking to volunteers as volunteers. Sometimes we have mixed groups for like sixty percent career and then like twenty percent for you volunteers, for you career guys. And in this case, we focused, you know, all day primarily on on the volunteer fire service and and certainly a half a dozen or more of the elements of the uh, company officer academy are the vol the volunteer perspective is is quite different than a paid perspective. And and so we got the we get to concentrate on that all day because everybody in the audience was a volunteer. Yeah. Well, and, and it was nice that way. And, and um, uh, you know, to, the dedication, you know, the attitudes, um, these are people that gave up their weekends, uh, their whole weekend, actually. It's weekend, a whole weekend, too. Because yeah. we're doing a company officer academy here. And there's some things, you know, obviously, we're not going to do roll call. We're not going to do some of, the, some of the things we're covering with the career side. We're not going to waste your time with it. So we're going right. to fill it in right. with other things. And we rolled discipline into most of it here and there where it was necessary under some of the other other topics. So they, they're getting a great – and we're not doing anything different today than we do anywhere else for the volunteers. We pretty much – it's a two-day program organized to be volunteer-specific. Oh, and and, uh, oh, and and besides the fact we are in the state of New York, uh, where our buddy Tom Merrill, his, his book on, on, on the professional volunteers coming out. Yep. And uh, 
Yeah. Tommy's such a great guy, such an advocate for uh, the volunteer fire service. The professional volunteer fire You know, you've told I me mean, everybody's got you know all kinds of feelings about whether they like the Mets or the Yankees or the Sox or the Cubs or whatever. Volunteer versus career, that's fine. Firefighter's a firefighter. One gets paid, one doesn't. And they're both pretty, pretty special groups, and it's one family. It's You know what? Actually, it is a family, because you know how you have the family where you have the particular brother-in-law uncle that you don't want to talk to? <laughs> it's the same thing. It's the same thing with with, with our people. Absolutely. Um, so, okay, here's my question for you. Um, and, and I thought about this the other day. You, you remember we talked about, we did the show Paint It Forward, you know, Firehouse to Firehouse. You guys donated your ladder truck um, to Wichita West, my volunteer fire department. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we came out, Will, Will Norris and I came out and picked it up and, uh, you know, our, our, you know, Ryan Fetzer, our, our chief and, uh, you know, Chris Basher, our captain, Michael Al- Albert, the assistant, you were all excited. We got the ladder and, you know, it's already been on runs and tested out and everything oh, too. Oh, which was perfect. Oh, it, it tested out. Oh my God. Did it tell that ladder performed? It, it is. It's like a muscle car. It's a 1981 C grave. That is not a 1981 C grave. It runs like a champ. And then, you know, we've got a new pumper ordered, but like everybody else in the world, we got to wait a long time to get it. And in the meantime, we, we our pumper, our, our 93, 94, whatever it is, it's done fine. Um, but, you know, we have we don't really have a backup, you know, all that. So uh, we talked about Tommy Anderson. What a great, 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 great man. 50 years in the fire service, retired from Santa Fe, Texas, down in Galveston, uh, down there in Galveston. And, um now he's like president of the board or one of the board members who I think is president of the board. He retired and handed off the baton. And uh, he donated the pumper to us, which is phenomenal. It's a great pumper. But so the topic came up, or the question I should say about our hose legs. You know, our hose, you know, you and I have done shows. Um, how many lines do you carry on your rig and that kind of stuff? And this thing's got a bumper line that we're gonna be able to do the uh, you know, 50 foot stand on that side, then a hundred feet connected for like that car fire or that dumpster fire, stuff like that. Or you could just pull it out and go, here's another 50 feet connected and go. There's four cross legs, four. And they're all like 200 footers, inch three quarter. But we talked about was doing two 200 footers and two 250s because we have some long stretches with the setbacks in that. The discharge on the back, there's a light tower stuff. Now they used to carry, John, 1,500 feet of five inch um, on this rig because they've got some hydrants and a lot of rules, a lot of long stretches, right? And their new pumpers in Santa Fe are carrying 2,000 feet of five inch each because of that. So my first predicament, and you know, it went to my chief is where are we gonna get the five inch because we've got like um you know 400 feet on one rig and and like 400 feet of four inch on a tender, and just kind of messed up and everything else because we've done what we have to do over the years and, and done good at Wichita West. Um, like I said, great fire, great fire department. But so you know me, I did my you saw my little Facebook uh, mm-hmm, post mm-hmm. about hey, we're looking for five inch, and I it has to be serviceable. Oh my god. We had people step up, some great, great people that, that we're going to talk about again, another show. Um, thousand feet in the box, in the boxes, thousand feet, brand new, 300 feet in the boxes, and then a whole bunch more over a thousand feet. It was just so now we're going to be able to, and and I and I think the goal is with the chief is we're going to, we're going to, we're going to, I think we're going to do the 1500 because we are like a handful of fire hydrants and a lot of areas is rural. And there's been times we've been just short of a hydrant or we need to get out of the way and pump back to somebody or whatever. And going from 400 to 1,000, let alone 1,500. And what I want to do, John, is I want to take the guys out with a wheel, a measuring wheel, and go, okay, let me do my little serpentine, like you would, like it's a five-inch, going down the street and go, you know, hey, out here. this is this Because I think a lot of people, if you haven't laid it out measurement-wise, you know, it's right. – you know, when we're looking at a house for size. If we know their front doors are three feet wide, so you go three, six, nine, you know, whatever. But knowing how much is 1,500 feet. So the question comes up, okay, so five inch, four inch, doesn't matter. You know, uh, two and a half or three, whatever you're doing in your department. So, so what's FDNY do for uh, supply line? Three and a half. Three and a half. So three and a half. Um, uh, some places are four, some are five, three and a half, some have three, whatever. Um, so I guess let's talk, let's talk water supply. And let's talk water supply with like um, the lines we just talked about LDH or, you know, three inch, three and a half, which would consider LDH. Right. Um, and then maybe uh, tanks. Cause that's the other thing that came up is our, our pumper we have now is a thousand gallon tank. Um, the tanker, the tender has 2000. 
So we can get 3,000 going pretty quick and then get help coming. Uh, this pumper we got from Tommy from New, you know Santa Fe, New Mexico, or New Mexico, Texas, um, is 750. But you know we've got water coming in behind us pretty quick, so it's it's still it's not 500, it's still 750, which could do a lot of damage. But we got to have something to back it up. So I guess let's throw this out. I, I, I ask you, where do you want to go with this? You want to talk supply lines first? You want to talk tank water and quick? Well, let's talk tank have... water first because tank water. If you have tank water and you're going to use it. That's the first thing you're going to use. Even though you might stop in route and drop a line, lay it in, and stuff like that, you're still you're still going to stop at the fire. You're still going to probably pull an attack line and and dump the booster, dump the booster tank into well, your, into your attack and, line. And how many times have you said we don't carry that water for like just car fires, right? It's, and it's not for and it's not for it's not for, for ballast. It's not to make us turn better on turns and stuff like that. It's not to hold us on the highway with extra weight. The water is to fight fire and to fight fire quick upon arrival. Regardless of what else you're doing, whether there's somebody else coming in to lay a supply line, whether you dropped one on the way in, you know, tank water. And listen, and it's not only for companies that are pulling up right in front of the fire building and using pre-connect, because the FDMY, we use tank water often. And, and for years, all we had was 500 gallons. And we would stop at the building. We go right to the front of the building first. We rarely, if ever, lay a line in. We pull the two, three, four, five, whatever it is we need to stretch from the front of the building into the into the fire floor. And then the rig drives away, one length, two length, five lengths, whatever it is, to the next hydrant. And that's still the same line now. The five lengths that are off are connected to the hose bed. He drives away, keeps on laying it. And then he ends up with a hydrant. And occasionally we still do say, give me water, whatever. You, just give us the booster right now because he's still either checking the hydrant or still let, making a last-minute connection. But but without getting distracted by the FDMY operation. So let's talk about booster tanks first and, and the different different options and and. What what works because well. some departments don't have like a lot of our areas, um, like the, the past couple of good structure fires we had, there, no hydrant. There's the, the you know the hydrants were like down the street, down this street, way down there, you know, and some of them were further than like one, two, three, probably one, two, three, four city blocks that way and three the other way. Some were like you got to drive like way down there and fill your right. tank, and, so. and now I remember Mineola where I first started in Mineola out on Long Island right here where we are now uh volunteer fire department two I, I think it's a two square mile village with a lot of people 35,000 or more people um and I was I was a you know as a young man I remember there I was in a truck company but I remember the engines if I remember correctly we were looking at like 300 gallon booster tanks because everything had hydrants hydrants were everywhere right. so there was no there was no area where you had to go 500 feet or a thousand feet there was no such thing as LDH or anything like that. So, you know, they were they were able to connect the hydrants readily in the village. So they had a very small booster tank, which, you know, just, just by the number was rarely used, you know. I think, I think eventually, and, I, and I, I'm not sure, but I think eventually they ended up with 500. More modern pumpers, I'm sure, in Mineola probably still have 500 gallons of water. But but whether you have 500, whether you have 750, let's talk to the mainstream sizes, 500, 750, 1,000. Um, that, that's what everybody has, some, something in that realm. And all right. of those, all the way down to 500 gallons, that, that's dispensable water. That is usable water. If you pull up in front of a house, you've got pre-connects, three lengths or four lengths. There's plenty of water in a 500-gallon tank for, for it to be charged, for a booster to be charged, not a booster, excuse me, a, a pre-connected line to be charged with the booster water, the booster tank water, and and fight fire. Absolutely. And, you know, we've had that discussion in, in our scenario-based programs. We've had that discussion in some of our other engine company programs where don't hesitate, don't hesitate at all. I mean, you have to use a little bit of caution when you're using well, booster water because you might make sure you don't run out, but you'd have to be, you'd have to be almost criminally liable to run out of water by surprise. You, you, you know, it's coming. So, so what it, and I, you know where I'm going to go with this when it comes to how much time you have with your booster tank, with your tank water to fight fires um before we get to the whole supply line thing so what are your concerns and and again let me ask you this way the whole fire service yeah new york city's got hydrants and you've got wichita west where we have a handful of hydrants we have a lot of rural areas so what are your concerns what are your thoughts you mentioned one already about but expand on it a little bit about okay we're pulling up with tank water guys what if you were sitting around and the guys would say okay chief or cap cap you know you know so all right you know we have no hydrants in that side of town all right. If we pull up and we got our tank water, what, what tell us what you want us to do, how you want us to do it, and what are our what are our limitations? Right. Because I know as a company officer, I know what you want me to do and where you want me to go. But I, chief, I want to be on the same page. What would you tell them about? Okay, if we're going to go tank water till we get the tankers coming, the tenders, whatever you call them, and get this stuff coming or get right. lines laid, these are my concerns for you. Right. 
So obviously, if you have plenty of hydrants, which you don't on some areas, right? They have plenty of hydrants using using tank water is the easiest thing in the world. You can lay a line in or by SOP, you can have your second new engine coming in, whether it's your own or a mutual aid company. And you can still, you know, either lay that line or not lay it. Some guys just zoom right to the front of the fire building and and Wichita, for example. If I remember correctly, I think my son said they, they drive to the front of the building. They get there. And and then water they figure out supply line next. And I and I and I, and I may be mis mislabeling that. I'm not sure if they figure it out then. They may have an automatic an automatic situation or procedure where the first engine goes as quickly as they can right to the front of the fire building. They pull a line, they drop the booster tank, and they get water on the fire as fast as they can. And there's a secondary operation underway by another pumper or maybe a hand stretch to a nearby hydrant. Now, you just said, well, what about Wichita West? What about the area in town where there's no hydrants? Well, th that that brings up a, a, a challenge, right? So the challenge is I got a 500 or even a seven or Let's use your thousand gallon tank. You roll up with a thousand gallon tank, unless you got a mega mansion, unless you got a gigantic barn that's that's four hundred by four hundred, like Yellowstone on TV. You know, a house is fire that a show. Huh? Yeah. Okay. Oh, is that oh, a please. show? Okay. So uh, you you can you <laughs> he know love, he loves the show. That's why. I said oh oh I do I do I do I do. So um you know you got a house going, a couple of rooms, a couple of windows. Obviously, with a thousand gallon tank, you go right into operations. You you almost certainly not. Almost certainly, you're not even going to run out of water. You, you, you're probably going to knock the fire down, maybe even completely extinguish the fire before you run out of a thousand gallons of water. And, and you and I both know, and, and this is not the exclusive way or the best way or the only way to do it. I liked, I liked pulling a line, charging it, you know, front door, the whole whole nine yards, into the building we go, into the house we go. Let's talk residential fires, right? Into the house we go, to the right, through the living room, we get to the, to the door of the bedroom that's on fire and starting to burn through, we're ready to go. We hit it and shut it. Hit it and shut it. If you're going down a hallway where fire's coming down the, the ceiling at you, open it, hit it, shut down, crawl a little bit forward, open it, hit it. Now, th there's guys out there, uh, what, what's his name from uh, 69 Engine, 28 Truck, doesn't like that, likes likes to keep it open, doesn't like shutting down and opening up, shutting down and opening up. And, you know, and he's got his way and I got mine. Right. I like to shut down because it does two things for you. Now, I know saving water doesn't sound like it. Like, I mean, if you're not, if you're not, applying water, then obviously you're not extinguishing anything. You're not reducing any fire at that moment. But I think I think the volume and the thrust and the penetration of the water coming out of a good inch and three quarter line with, with proper pressure is sufficient enough to be able to shut down, move up five or six or seven feet. You push the fire and the burn area way away from you. Then you can pull five, six, seven feet or whatever it ends up being until you encounter. And then you can reopen it again. You can do it at intervals. I like that interval firefighting well you know? and, and i told you about the time you know helping fox news with stuff james rose called me i was up at canada he goes my chief where are you at and i said well, i'm in canada he goes okay i'm going to show you a video clip tell me what this kid did wrong he, he he got caught wearing a helmet cam and posted it and i go well what department he told me department it's a large metro department i said well number one i know they don't have a social media or an imaging policy so what are they going to hold them on and unless he puts them out there he shouldn't put how can you how can you bang someone for posting something when you don't have somebody that says don't post? Right, right, right. So anyway, so I I think I told you about this. So I'm watching the video, and the engine's coming on the street, and I, he's looking over his shoulder in the jump seat, and you can see there's smoke. <clears throat> Pulls out. He gets off. He see him look up. He grabs a pre-connect, cross light, front yard, dumps it, you know, and he start, you see him throwing it. And then you he looks up, and you see his captain. His captain says, I'll be right back. So one story frame, a little shocking house, fire below at the front, big time fire out the back. Fire blow out the front door, wood frame. So you see the captain disappeared from his 360, and he's flanking all, and he calls for water. Calls for water. Charge the line. So he, helmet upside down. You're watching the camera. Helmet back on. He's masked up. He's not snapped in yet, but he's all ready to go. Bleeds the line. Here comes the captain. Hey, we're going to hit it from the front. Off we go. Okay, you ready? All right, snap. Okay, right. No, no, no. Stay right here. Stay off the porch right here. Boom, hit it. He opens up, John. Just like you said, he hits it, hits it, hits it. There's fire come out the front. Pushes it, pushes it, boom, knocks it, jumps up on the front porch. Cat, the cat goes, okay, hit it again. He opens up again. And, you know, I'm going, I'm going, go, team, go, go. Right, right. He gets inside, and now it's a little, like, uh, foggy, a little, uh, you know, steamy with the camera. She, all of a sudden, you see orange. Boom. He goes, by the time he is done, and I called James back, James says, so what did you notice wrong? I said, oh, I suppose we're looking for something wrong. This should be a training tape. Right, right. They had a shitload of fire, and he went, boom, sh boom, sh boom. You know, a little bit longer than that. Hit it, hit it, hit it, right, hit it. Right. I mean, so you know, and, and I guess you know, it's up to whatever your your particulars are. That's right. like smooth versus fog, PPV versus vertical, whatever it is. 
Well, whether you like to go in with it the whole way, like you see some right. guys knee in, half walking, and they keep the line open all the time. And the important point here is we're not here to talk about advancing the hose line. We're here to talk about water supply. Right. And the important point is if you do what I like doing, and, and many, many, many other people like doing there's plenty of people like different ways. What's great about it is you save a little water. Every time you shut it down for, for two or three or four steps, that's two or three or four steps that you that you still got in, in, in the rifle. Yes, that's ammunition you still got now to spend when you get a little bit closer to the fire. If you suddenly encounter a larger room than expected, or suddenly encounter, holy crap, there's two rooms going back here. So, one of the benefits I think of the open and close, you know, the intermittent use of the stream uh, on interior firefighting for you know private dwellings is that it makes the supply line last. Now, if you arrived with 500 or 750, you're talking a thousand. That it even becomes more important. Suddenly now, your manner of of actual fire attack has a dramatic effect on your water supply operations. But, John, we've talked about this a bunch of times, both in class and on this show. How many firefighters, we go visit somewhere, and they're showing us their pumper. And you go, so what is that, inch and three-quarter to an inch, inch and three-quarter? You know, we know. We just ask them. Right. So what kind of nozzle is that? You've heard me say this a thousand times. It's a double upside-down, fangouli, right. rotatable, uh, whatever. Right, yeah. What does it flow? Uh, uh, I don't know. So, so, I don't know. so, you know, they don't know. They don't know. So I go, okay, what do you carry? So let's say 750 gallons of water. <clears throat> okay. This goes back to an incident I had with great firefighters, great captain, good fire blowing out a window. <clears throat> and they were all sideways about getting a five inch. Get the five get I'm like, no, get in there and get after this. I have the next two engine bringing you right. a line. Get, and I, so we got back and you know where I'm going with this. Right. And I'm like, what was wrong? Well, I don't want to run out of water. I said, how much water do you have? They all, so they all brought the chairs into the office, right? They're all going to talk. Yeah. I said, how much water? 750 gallons of water. Okay, what's our nozzles flow? And, and before you even get into that, every minute that they wasted talking about or dealing with the five-inch hose and they didn't flow using right. booster water, they had already run out of they water. Already, I know. You That's always right. say that. If you choose not to use your tank, you already ran out of water. That's right. That's so, right. And I love when you say that. So, and, and I'll go back to this for some of our viewers. You know, my best buddy here, has a wee bit of experience when it comes to fighting fires. I'll just say that, you know, I mean, you know, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm being sarcastic. It's more than a wee, obviously. So that being said, I'm like, so how much time do you have? What do we flow? And like, so what are you going to flow? 150, 175 out of your, out of your, out of your nozzle. Uh, you want to call it 150? You want to call it 175? Whatever it is, I don't care. Call it whatever you want. This yeah. is, this is not so technical scientific right. stuff. So let's do this. So, okay. So Somebody right now is shaking their head because I just said that. Because I know, I know if you want to create this into a technical situation, you can. You can start talking about pounds per square inch and gallons per minute and all this other nonsense and double jacketed and single jacketed. Did you know this kind of hose versus this kind of hose will give you 75 more gallons a minute? But the bottom line is we're looking at 150, 160, 170, 180, somewhere between in that range. And all of those numbers work just fine exactly. in residential fire. So the point is 750 gallons of water. And I said this, I said, tell you what, so – how, how much time do we have? If well, I, that evolution that we do in the scenario in class. The class so, so how much we're gonna do it tomorrow? So how much how much how much time do we have? What do you mean? How much how much well 750 gallons of water divided into your GPM? Well, okay, tell you what, you you lost 50 gallons of water on a little trash can fire. Yes, 700. Well, put 150 into 700. It's like, okay, so five minutes, four minutes. I said, tell you what, you had a car fire, little engine compartment, and you use you're down to 500 gallons of water in your tank and you pull up. How much time do you have? Well, with this much GPM, it's three minutes. Okay, I'll open the door. To so the right house. off the bat, people are saying three minutes. Holy shit, that doesn't sound like much. Right. So, so, so what, what we talk about? You and I talk about it all the time. I say, okay, I got the guys right. I got the door for you. In they go down the hallway. They make a left, and they're at that room that's roaring. There's the fire. There's the fire. They open up the nozzle. Boom, fully start the, start the, the, the clock. They, and we start the clock. And I'm going, and we, and and I said, and and we're flowing water, full stream, full boat, you know, doing our own thing, right? Shut it down. Nope. Keep no, keep no, it keep, keep it open because we don't. And, and, you know, I mean, I'm always like, so do we flow the whole time? No, no, forget it. We're, it's wide open right now. First of all, if you go in there and you lay on a floor and you throw 500 gallons of water and it don't do nothing, you crawled into the wrong building. Sorry, I mean, I'm just saying. But you know, unless you're spraying it out a window, you know we just said it you hit it you push up you hit it whatever i'm just and and you know you know and if i go are we at a minute yet no chief, right not even at 30 seconds yet. right not even at 30 seconds yet this whole time oh, that we're yeah. talking this evolution is still unfolding and then, now and then i start doing the elevator music i'm like 
What are we? Are we at a minute yet? No, we're at forty-five. All right, God, this is gonna take. And do you have another engine coming in? Is there somebody else? Yeah, it's usually it usually get in about two and a half minutes after the first two engine. So they're probably still maybe a, you know a minute out since we still fought it and started just initially pulling pulling the pre-connect. Okay, okay. So what are you up to now? They're not even up to a minute. Just for fifty-five seconds, chief. So, and and we could do this two more times. Thank and you. if you had just a room on fire in a house, just a bedroom. How could it not be completely extinguished by now? Right, and and even so, and let's say it's not. Let's say it's more than that. Tell me you're not making a dent in the fire, doing something with the water you drove all the way from your firehouse to the seaweed. Now, for- and and you're not doing intermittent application. You're doing solid, hoping in that line and keeping it open and moving in and moving in and, and whipping and whipping and whipping, and you never shut it down yet. If you're shutting it down, when that minute mark hits, you're not going to have used. 150 gallons. You're going to have used 68 gallons. I told guys, do this. Your next acquired structure in your burn building. Just go inside the room and open up the nozzle for three minutes. Just open up your nozzle for three minutes. If you can make three minutes, they're going to get tired of it and shut it down at two and and a half and say, all right, you made your point. You'll be flowing all your bales, everything else. But so let me just make a point here, though, as far as. And this is 500 gallons, pretty much the smallest you're going to see anywhere. That's right. There are some 400s on some quints, but you're right, 500 gallons of water, and I even took away their other water from them. Now, for our listeners, John and I are not advocating that you don't think about a sustainable water source. We've said this before. We just haven't started talking about That's it That's right. You are always, always thinking about backing up that line with either a hydrant, a supply line, a tanker, whatever you're doing. And whoever it is, whether you laid it in, whether somebody else is going to lay it to you, whether somebody else is going to get into the building and drop the other end of the hose and lay out and, and maybe even positions himself on a hydrant. I'll or, go, or so, exactly. I'll go so far to say this, and it worked very well in Louisville. The second due engine's absolute priority is to ensure the first engine is the same. The same FDMY, water same thing. Either bring a line. Now, you'll hear this. You'll hear this. Engine, 160, engine 164 is on a hydrant. That doesn't mean he's or she's looking at a hydrant. It means on, plugged in, hooked up, flowing water, to. good hydrant. That means you know what that tells engine three. I don't have to worry about. It. They have their own unless they call me now. Engine three, second do. They're going okay. We don't have to think about water supply. Now we think about a second line to either fight fire or back up or whatever. Right. That done. So we're not advocating. Please don't think that someone said that once. I said no, 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 no. I'm gonna go back to what my buddy John has said for years. You're bringing the water with you all the way from the firehouse. Get it in the hose line. You pull up a commercial building, it's through the roof. Of course. I mean, come on. You're gonna you're gonna try and get your give me a supply line, all this. But you've got first of all, as Clint Eastwood would say, and this is a man or a woman now, you know, got got to know their their limitations. You've got to know your limitations. What how far you can end up or what you can do and how much water. So let's set the stage. But you so have the stage educated. Right. So the stage here is uh, Private dwelling, a house fire. That's what we're talking about. Residential building, right? Could could even be yeah. a two story apartment building. But we're talking residential fire, inch and three quarter hose, and we're talking initial fire attack. We're talking just getting the, getting the line off the rig, water into the line, and and off we go. Not fire through the roof, not fire out eight windows, not fire, you know, n- none of that kind of stuff. Then that changes the whole scenario. But we are talking about getting that initial operation underway so we can get some water on the fire and stop the spread. Well, and let me just throw this out here. So. For those like some of us that are volunteer departments, we have you always talk the two response times to the station and to the scene. You pull up and it is in the attic and it is starting to work with through the roof. Well, that's where you know we always say, Show me the fire. So you had maybe a room and kind of got up into the attic or whatever. This is where having having one of your guys or gals with a good hook going in there for the nozzleman, pulling ceiling and taking that line and throwing it into the attic. Still, think about this. That is a in most cases, residential structure, not not always, there's some flat. Most of them are a peak roof or an attic space. And not real high. And it's not even a full floor. It's 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 almost a third of oh, what an that, attic. From the peak down to down yeah. to the ceiling of the first floor could be five feet, six feet. Yeah, max. it's not this whole, it's not like a whole second floor. You could do a lot of damage to the fire by just throwing water into the attic. And if you still have roof assembly left, it, it ends up like like when they talk now with the smoothbore. You know, when you get up in there, you know, what, and it's a fact. If you throw the water, in, uh, the the transition, if you throw the water and it hits the ceiling, it is an absolute fact that it goes shoot, left to right. right. Now you're doing the same thing. You're shooting up in this attic. Water's bouncing off stuff and you're buying Steam some time. Steam starts being created, the displacing yeah, the oxygen and, and the cool and everything. For the next tanker to get there or to get the line laid or whatever, you know. Now, I, let me throw this in real quick before we move on. You, I love you describe. We talk about watching the fire videos and how it pisses us off. We see people pull up 
and drag their feet. And you always say it's like they're at a, a picnic, right. walking around. There's someone's house is on fire. We, we always we don't advocate running, but we advocate like hustling, hustling. Stockton, California's they work at a rapid pace. Hustling. I love the hustling. You know what? When it comes to water supply, for to back up that initial tank water, that quick attack as we call it. Forget forward lay, reverse, whatever you're doing. You know what? You've got to hustle. Get well. We suck without water. So your job getting in there is to bust your ass to get in and get them aligned and sustain their operation. Right. If this is a house fire, in most cases, it's a one or two line job of each three quarter. So we need to provide enough water to supply one to two lines. So you know what? Everything changes. Guys, guys, get, Tommy, get me in there. Come on. We got to get them aligned. Where's my hydro? What am I doing? You know what? There is a, all right. Ten, you know, tank or two when you get here. We need you right here. Give me your water because how many times you've been there where we are moments away from knocking it down and we lose our water, we lose our we lose our ground we just fought for. And and you're like, guys, what happened? Well, you know, we were a little late getting out the door. Oh, you're here we go. We're like, we're a little late getting out the door, or we made a wrong turn. We had a fire not that long ago, John, in Wichita West. House going. We were starting to make headway. I'm pump, I'm watching them do this. And unfortunately, a mutual aid tender we had, take we had, went to the wrong address. They went to a whole nother town and went to the same street in a whole nother town. And I kept going, any minute, they're going to be pulling around that corner. Any minute, they're 3,000 gallons, and we're going to kill this thing. We're right. going to kill all of them. And then when I heard them say they were, I went, it's like, someone let the air out of my blood. I went, right. we're done. Back and now, now we're backing out. We're losing the house. And, and I'm like, we were that close to knocking this fire. And one person going to the wrong freaking address right. screwed us. And that's why this is very important. This discussion that we're having today, this episode of Old School, is so important because it's like it's almost like a dance recital. You ha you have to be able to uh, to balance your initial fire attack operation with your booster line, with your booster water. Excuse me. Um, you have to be able to balance that along with your supply operation that really has to be going simultaneously, whether it's a line that you dropped and somebody else is going to get to the end of it and connect it for you, or whether you didn't drop a line and somebody else is going to roll up opposite direction from you, drop a line for you, and then and then roll down the block a couple of, you know, a couple of lengths and connect for you. So both of these things have to be underway and you just can't, you can't allow too much time to to pass with, with using booster water, even if you got a thousand gallons. Now, I've never ever worried about running out of water with a thousand gallons at a private dwelling or at a house fire. I, I just simply can't do it unless it was beyond your control. When you got there out, out six windows right. and into the attic, an ordinary interior aggressive attack for a room or two, a fire out a couple of windows. There's nobody in the world that, that has any basic skills that shouldn't be able to get there with a, with a 750 or a thousand gallon tank, pull the two or three length booster to the front door, charge it, bleed it, get in there. And, and I'm telling you, I think you should be able to finish the operation, not drive home and never get the supply line. That should still be underway. Right. But by the time they get it done and you say, okay, okay turn the hydrant on here. We're, okay, we've got positive water supply. There should be steam coming out the windows at that point. Well, and I want to point something out because you said something. I want to mention this because we have people from all over listening to us, all walks of life in the fire service. When John says booster, he's not talking booster line, the red line, the hard line. Right. So Fort Worth. I'm talking booster 40, tank water. 40-something stations. They refer to the big booster and little booster. You know what the little booster is? Is their inch three quarter line, right. and the big booster is a two and a half. Okay. So what? Because I asked Homer, my buddy, our Homer, Homer Robertson, I said, "All right, buddy, I got the buff page. Just years ago, did I see? But no, that's not the booster line, the red line, or the hard line. The the big booster is the two and a half. Right. The little booster is the inch and three quarters. Well, number one, FDNY doesn't even have booster lines anymore. It's been, been a couple of decades since right. we've had the actual hard one inch booster line. We don't even have them anymore. But you know what? They end up getting abused, and we've all heard the famous fires where booster lines were used for a long time and with actual reasonable success, but then ended up being, you know, very, very ineffective. Um, so, so we don't even use a booster line anymore. And I'm not saying if you do use a booster, it's a waste or you shouldn't. I'm saying the application for a one-inch booster line for, for for fighting fires is so limited. Even the expense of the booster reel and the hose and everything else and the piping compared to just pulling it pulling a line off the front bumper two lengths. Or pulling a booster, another booster, pulling a pre-connected line of three or four lengths for a car fire. There's so many other things that can that can be used without adding the expense of adding these big reels and this right. one Taking inch red space, hose, you know. Exactly. So we don't even use it anymore. And again, just because we don't doesn't mean it's useless. If you have it and you want to continue to have it, knock yourself out. But when I say the word booster for today's program, 
I'm talking about the booster tank. I should let, let me leave the word booster out. Let's just talk about tank water. Dump the tank. Give me tank water. And whatever it is you're carrying should, I think, whatever you're carrying in your tank, in your engine, should be the first water to go through the attack hose line. That should be the first water. Even if, even if simultaneously you've laid a line and now somebody's just reaching the hydrant where you have a keyed and left. Keyed and left. You didn't even, you know, now they're going to get to it. Check the hydrant real quick. Connect. Charge it. Now suddenly you're going to get water coming down to you and you're going to be able to maybe take a, a 500 or a, a thousand gallon tank that, that's been depleted halfway. Now you're going to put your water supply on. You're going to start to refill it. And now you're going to say it, you know, 4-H open a 4-8. We're, we're on hydrant water. 10-4, Willie, thank you. And now, you know, just operate to your heart. We had that conversation about, you know, a lot of guys don't know you can actually charge lines without using your tank water. You don't have to use your tank water. But the older rigs didn't have that flapper in it. The newer ones all have the flapper. So you're flowing tank water. Water's coming out of the tank into the hose. And now you get a positive source, you get a hydrant, or you get a tank or you know, tender or whatever you call it, giving you water. That flapper is going to close off your tank. You can still have it in tank to pump because that tank to pump is telling you tank to pump, and that's where your water is going from. But I've always been one, I, you know, I, me personally, like you just said, if I used half a tank or three core, whatever, as soon as I get it, first thing I do is I crack it up, I start filling my safety tank up. I want my water. I want my tank full because that is my backup. I have to get them out. We burst the line. Whatever. Even with a supply line, somebody come in with a rig and not see a hose and run over oh, a hose, a police car, main. bust a five-inch line, you're down to zero again. Now, thank goodness you filled up your – You filled up, tank. and then and and then I can I can open up again. Or the newer rigs with the flapper, it just opens back right. up, and you get right. your water. But so – Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, so we talked about the quick attack, if you will, come pulling up and going to work with your tank how much time you have. And we, we kind of went through that briefly about way more than you think, way more than you think. So, so do you want to move? Let you want to talk supply lines. Now, I yes. say, yes, you say you want to drop and bring one in or whatever. So we're talking forward or reverse so lays, laying in or laying out, laying yep. in or laying out. Okay. And you said before, or, you know, engine two is out. We got a two story, single family, heavy fire show. We're going to work next engine. Bring us a line. Right. I mean, next engine, bring me, bring my water. Right. I'll bring water. Dallas says all the time, bring me water. Now that's if the engine's going to be at the fire. Right. That's if you're going to use your pre-connects. If you have pre-connects, it means your engine is designed, laid out, and equipped to be in front of the fire building, to be close to the fire building. Or for those, like I remember during Woodridge, we had pre-connects, but we also had the skid line in the back, and we always dropped it and let out. We always did a reverse light. Right. We pulled up, we dropped that Y on the front lawn, with 150 feet of hose, you know, at a horseshoe, and down you went, and the driver would get off, break it, connect it, and charge it. The water would go up. When you drop the Y, you, you were dropping. You moved the, the hydrant to the front of the building. You were dropping the Y, and that's where I'm gonna leave it. And he could, he or she could charge it because it was shut off. Bink done. They now what go. connected to that? Would you attack the fire with? Well, so so the the, the gated the gated Y had uh, like 150 feet of inch and three quarter. Okay. So horseshoe around it. So you grab this whole thing. The seatbelts right. You reach up. Grab the horseshoe with the with with the Y with the two and a half. You bring it over, boom! You drop on the front lawn. Go. The engine takes off down the street. Ching, 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 ching. He gets there, breaks the coupling, connects his rear discharge, turns around and charges it right away. Like, and it shut off almost the same as having a hose clamp. That's right, because it gets right up to the Y, bink, and now I'm in charge. He doesn't. It doesn't slow them down. He can charge it, and now he's working on his hydrant, doing all of those stuff. Saying, right, he's in the middle. Oh shit! Now they want water. You're running back and forth. It goes right up to the Y and shut off. That's how it's 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 all set up that way. Shut off, and then I do it. And I'm as I'm as I'm getting ready now. I flake out my hose. I get all ready. Oh, it's charged. I open up. I I'm in control like a high rise. Right. Driver charges the standpipe to your to your to your. And your, then you your, your you connection. open up at the valve. And I right. decide. So and then when we get out of there, we leave it open for the tool truck. You know the tool the you know the you know the tool chest or whatever the ladder truck to get in front of the building. But so let's talk. Forward versus relate, uh, you know, forward versus reverse, and maybe four or five inch or three and a half. Let's talk about right. supply so what lines. Are you, what are you using three and a half? Everybody uses something different. FDMY doesn't use doesn't use LDH routinely in our first alarm pumpers, or really in any of our pumpers. Some of our satellite unit have it, stuff like that for multiple alarms. But FDMY, we we get a we get a, we get a big bed, a big compartment full of three and a half inch holes, and all they do is pull that key hydrant. They could lay in uh, all all sorts of different stuff that you can do. FDMY doesn't need to have the engine at the talk, talk about key and a hydrant for some of the people I may mean, have heard that term before. Right. So key and a wrap and a hydrant is for a forward lay for hitting the hydrant before the fire. You're going to stop, 
Check the hydrant first. No sense touching, keying, or wrapping anything so around grab, the hydrant. Grab your hydrant wrench whatever, or your hydrant bag or whatever you need. Right. City of Newburgh near me, a little city near me. Uh, last time I looked, they had this big metal ring off the back of the engine hanging down. They actually took that ring. Hanging off that ring was a hydrant wrench and, and a, maybe a little bag full of tools. They would take that ring, just drop it over the hydrant. Nobody had to do any wrapping or tucking it under or doing it right or doing it wrong. You put the ring over the hydrant and drive away. Um, I, I can't recall if they used to have a guy stay there and connect it and charge it first or if somebody else came and did that. But laying, laying a line in is the is one of the best options for a rig that's going to be parked in front of the building. It's going to so use pre-connects off the cross lane. Laying your line in, though, and I'll just jump in here. My concern for my driver has always been make sure you're trying to drop your hose if you can. Not down the middle of the street. Right. It, it, so, yeah, instead of taking up the whole street now and now nobody can get down there, you know, I know some places that do their LDH all to one side. You pack, know, where you pack it in the hose bed is going to have an impact on so where it lays in the street. As that driver's driving, if it's off on the right hand side, which is where they had it, then he should be hugging the right chink, hand side. Chink, chink, on the right hand side. And we're, we're, we're hoping we can buy some pathway for anybody right. else coming. Now, there in. may be cars parked on the right hand side. New York City is all a size street parking, as other cities do. Maybe you have all cars on the right hand side. Still doesn't matter. You hug the right side, the hydrant. The LDH or three and a half or four or five is all going to drop maybe within a foot of the edge of the cars. And it's still going to leave most of the rest of the street open for maybe another engine to come in, maybe for another reverse lay, maybe for a truck to roll in and get the front of the fire building. So real quick, you know, I know back to the key in the hydrant. What I always like to see in our hydrant bags was, number one, obviously a hydrant wrench with two spanners. And I always liked having a gate valve in there. You know, now Chicago's got the big, the two steamer, got big, two, two big, push. so they, but they've got the ability to stick one on the one side. So many people waste, I think, ports on a hydrant. They just hit the big steamer and, they and everything else is hands. done. And I'm like, you know, unless you have separate, unless you have separate control. Well, that's what I'm saying. So if you, hit, let's say you hit the steamer with your big, with your LDH, whatever, we always said, look, you know, the gate valve goes in the, if you're going to hit the steamer, the gate valve goes on the fire side of the hydrant. So meaning, if I want more water, I can drop you can a two and a half. You can inch. revisit that same hydrant. And there's a valve, and I can, it's all it's you know once I blew once I flushed it, I I spun the other side, and I still had that cap. I love some of the pictures that like Gordon Norn and Timmy Okoto take three or four lines coming off one hydrant. The whole hydrant, I mean, yeah, off the hydrant, and it's like, why would you if you if now if the mains if the mains will will supply some mains you suck them out of ground or collapse them, right. but so and we're talking large fires here now. You don't need three or four but, lines off a hydrant, right? For, but, for a bedroom plan. But you pull up for a bedroom. If you're going to hit a hydrant, your hydrant bag should have a, a hydrant wrench, a couple spanners. If you have LDH and if it's snapped or whatever, you need those, you need those, you know, the, the those wrenches, the storage, the storage wrenches and a gate valve. I like and a, a gate wire valve. brush. Well, and a, <laughs> and a wire brush in the gate valve. So I can, I can throw something on, you know, if you have the two pony lines, the two, two and a half, I can put one on one side, a line on the other. If I hit the, 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 the steamer cap on the hydrant, I could put one on the on the two and a half on one side. It gives me a little more versatility. You got ice on it from a ice on it from a small leak or from its past usage or from snow that's packed around a hydrant. Or if you got some grease in the middle of the winter, five degrees outside. The last time they greased the hydrants, now it's all like like chocolate, like 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 yeah. goo on the threads. Get that get that wire brush, man. You can clean those threads real quick. And all of a sudden, boom, you're going to make a nice, clean hydrant connection, well, secure connection. And, and for, a reminder for that hydrant guy, and this is. This is these embarrassing situations you don't want to end up with. Communication with the driver is huge before you charge that LDH. Because Always. if the driver's not Always. ready, you're going to have that big ballooned up hose at that bed. And, and lots of places have. Lots of places do have the hose clamp. So they lay a line going in and the hose clamp is where? Right on the back step. You can't cool. even get on the back step without, without standing on it. It's right on the back step. And they lay that line going in, and the first thing the engineer does, first thing the engine chauffeur does, hops out of that rig, sits the air brake, runs to the back step, pulls that pulls that hose clamp out, and clamps it right on the line that is now pulled out of the hose bed and running down the block to the hydrant that he passed. So, and he clamps it right there, and now he has moved the hydrant to that spot. Now that's the hydrant. The same thing you used to do in the old days with two and a half. You that's right. It. So instead of somebody standing there going, God, I wish he'd call me or blow the air horn or whatever, you know what? Don't worry about it. The moment I stop, I'm putting a, my priorities. I put a clamp on it, so you can just do what you got to do. And I believe they have clamps for the LDH as well. I, I think they have. I mean, you know, I can't use the old fashioned one. I don't think. But the point is, whatever you have, you have the proper equipment for it. And if you're using three and a half or four inch 
you know, double jacketed hose, or if you're using four inch or five inch, that's the kind of stuff that you can do. And you, you can clamp it. And now the guy, and what does this affect? This affects staffing. So now we're looking at the small department that has three people, an engineer, an officer, and one firefighter. Where'd that firefighter get off? He got off with a hydrant, four lengths down the block. He's testing a hydrant. He's connecting a hose to it. He's wire brushing the threads. He's tightening it up. He's putting that other that other outlet into service already available for service. And now he's saying, you want water? Or he said, I'll get the clamp on. Give it to me, Billy. And he turns the hydrant on. And now now he jogs down the block. And now now he's going to probably meet the officer at the front door who has already pulled the nozzle to the front door. And now he's going to be the nozzle to the back. And you've got a driver that as, as he or she stops and gets off, this always this was Rick Luck. I get up. I look at the five inch and go, the coupling sitting right here means I got to pull 100 feet off or I got to pull my shorty and connect. My, so I'm double. This is where the clamp or all this is important because now I'm disconnected, grabbing my shorty out of the well or whatever. So I'm not, or I'm dragging 100 feet off of feet and trying to lose it in the street somewhere. Or you're doing nothing because you got a thousand gallon tank and you say, you know what? <clears throat> let engine five figure this out. Let the, let the second new engine come right. in and figure this out. Tom, we do not have a, a supply. We're going with, we're going with tank water. 10-4, engine two. Now engine five knows, Billy, go around the corner. Let, let's lay back from, from the engine. Let's lay back to that hydrant instead of going in behind the point. Not everybody. There's a lot of rural departments, a lot of career departments with just a couple people on the rig. Absolutely. And, and so being able to figure this stuff out, and, and we'll go back to this. If you don't train on this, if you don't talk about this, the kitchen table, if you don't go out and see how far your hose go, you're never going to be good at when it actually happens. So, right. so five-inch, four-inch, three-and-a-half, whatever, your supply line. Uh, we talked the forward light leading in and, right. and keeping the hose off to the side, or whatever you get to do. As best as you can. Clamping and hydrant and keying the hydrant, all the stuff, so on and so forth. The reverse light, we talked about that. We, we're pulling away from the scene. We're going down to the hydrant or we're getting out of the way or whatever. There's probably 25 different SLGs out there from 25 different departments on how to do this because, and I want to go back to this because you said it, to their specific needs. How they do something in the FDNY or in Chicago or Los Angeles or Louisville, Texas or whatever may not work. You have to know what works for you and your department. What do you have? You know, I, I already said it. You could collapse a main. If you think you're going to pump like they do in Chicago, other places. Out of a four-inch main, that's right. That's right. You might do. So you got to know your mains. You got to know your AG, your, 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 the mains. You got to know your, your pump capacity, your tank your tank size. And, and I've been taking pictures of hosebuds lately because I'm in a process of developing uh a program, you know, for this and a training program. And, and, and it's very interesting because like you just said, every department is different. And there's so many factors that impact what kind of supply line you're going to have, what kind of, what kind of attack line you're going to have. And one of them is uh, staffing. And if you only got three people on a rig, that's one working firefighter with an officer like Wichita and many, many, many other places. And they have it designed for them. They have they have dead loads of hose packed. They got no cross lays. Dead load with with with, with a couple of uh, packs of hose on top. They're, they're bundles of hose, right? Very similar to FDMY. FDMY has maybe ten lengths of two and a half reduced to inch and three quarter, and six lengths of inch and three quarter packed flat, and maybe the top two in horseshoes, so they can be easily grabbed by one arm and the nozzle grabbed by the other hand. So the nozzle and then the backup guy can each pull a length off. We can have two. We can have two lengths off the rig in. Five seconds, and then we get the control person. Again, our staffing is wonderful. So we got to, after two people walk away from the rig and start heading to the front door or to the stairway, the third guy can say, one, two, three, four. Well, they need five lights. Well, there's two, three, four, five. He can pull the next three off into a pile on the street, a pile on the street. Tell the chauffeur, go, Billy. And then he drives away because the hydrant's another 60 feet down the street. But right? like we said, for some places that have, the captain's doing his 360, the driver's pumping, and one firefighter. You know, you've got you've got to know you've got to know what you can do, what you can't do, and what you, you know, what your capabilities are. Lots of places that firefighter is a busy, busy guy. Obviously, the engineer's busy too. He's got his apparatus to deal with. And the officer's doing a 360, he's doing a mental size up and an evaluation. And this is the same guy that's got to mask up all out of breath after making a hydrant and doing stuff. This is a vital role because the majority of the fire departments across this country that statistic-wise, data-wise, are running three three person engines. Right. Some have four and five, some have two, some have one. All right, they're waiting for the cavalry to get there, but the majority is three. So you better know. And that one bedroom fire that's that's burning pretty good. That the officers running around doing a three sixty, and the shop was going to the hydrant, 
That that single five five pulls a length or two off, dumps it on the front, runs back, maybe pulls another half a half a length off, then starts kicking it out and, and threading it so you know on the front lawn, which is why we do that on private dwellings. We try and get all the hose out on the lawn if we can. So, so so what do you tell them? Let's wrap things up here. Um we talked, we talked tank water, quick attack, we talked, you know, three and a half to up to five inch with different different configurations of, of supply lines, four lays, reverse lays. We talked uh, you know. A little bit of different hoses and, and how much time you have, a lot more time you have with your water and stuff. Um, and real quick, wrap it up, advice on the the, the supply line. Just Listen, I, I think the biggest point of, of tonight's class, of this program, I think the biggest lesson is the first water through your hose line at a house fire should be the water that you brought there with you. The tank water should be the first water through your hose line. It's already there. It's already connected to the hose. It's a matter of pulling a valve and you've got water in your first pre-connect. As soon as that line is at the front door, you have water. You don't have to lay a line to get that water. You don't have to do anything. It's already there for you. The other stuff can be happening simultaneously or someone else can come in there and help you with the other stuff. Or let's face it, in Newburgh, the officer pulls the line to the front door because the firefighter is still down at the hydrant, keying right, the hydrant right, and, right. And, and, and getting the hose line charged. He eventually comes back and maybe they get together and eventually move in. But so many things can be done at once. But wasting that water, not utilizing that water, because everything is about time. Water is important, but time is even more important. The faster you get in there with two people and start putting some water on the fire, you, you arrest the whole thing. You arrest the whole operation. The fire is stopped in its tracks, unless it's well advanced past your capabilities when you get there. And, and I think companies ought to pay a lot more attention to getting, to getting tank water on the fire first. Perfect, perfect. Perfect. Another great show, buddy. Another Absolutely. great show. Absolutely. Another nice Concentrating visit. on, of course, putting the fire out. And, and I'm a big advocate, as Rick is, we're big advocates on getting somebody in there to do a search. And, you know, the only way to save people in a burning building, yeah, you got to put the fire out. But you know what? When you put the fire out, they don't float out with the water. You know, they, and, or they don't roll over <laughs> and go back to bed. Somebody's still got to go in there and get people that have been either knocked out or, or in, in bad shape. You still got to go in and rescue them. So, you know, search and removal of, of occupants and house fires is still tremendously important, but nothing can, the, the hose line's got to get in there. The attack line's got to get in there as quickly, as quickly as and, possible. And yeah, that means practicing. That means stretching hose and stretching hose for training and stretching hose and stretching hose. You know what? Be a little competitive. Make sure you're the first one in the building. Make sure you're the quickest and most efficient crew when it comes to getting your attack line. I got to lay one more thing in there. I remember, I remember being in Baltimore Expo and I met a fire chief from one of the surrounding departments, one of the career departments around there. And his department, because of a couple of snafus earlier, years earlier, and this is decades ago now, they changed the rules and they said, every time we're going to a residential report of fire or a structural report of fire, you know, apartment house houses, he said, you will drop a supply line. They, He said, they can drop three supply lines a day, every day and never have a fire. And then they roll it back up when it's nothing. Food in the stove, food in the stove, take up the line. They roll, they pack the hose back up. And you know what? You wear the hose out a little bit, but you also get real good at laying low, laying hose and real good at packing it. So I don't remember the, the department name. It, it was in the Baltimore, you know, area, the Baltimore suburbs, you know. Something else to think about. Sounds good. If they want to get a hold of you, email address. Chief John Salka at gmail.com. And, and I'm Chief Lasky at gmail.com. And uh, we want to thank you, Spray. Tell your friends and neighbors about old school. Uh, you know, uh, however you're listening to us, whether it's on iTunes or Spotify or the YouTube channel or whatever. Um, typically, again, no agenda. We just, uh, we, we love we love talking shop. So we hope you enjoyed it. Uh, we ask you every single time when we end this show and our other shows as well, to please keep the men and women in our own forces in your thoughts and prayers. Remember, never forgetting means just that, never forgetting. Thanks again. God bless you. We'll see you next time.